Welcome to Sea of Fire Ministries Podcast with Pastor James Myers. And now, we dive into the book of Acts. We're going to be looking at um, chapters 11 and 12 because 11 uh, goes, is more, is, it kind of gives you an overview. A lot of it is, uh, remember we had talked about Peter repeating that account with Cornelius. Um, where is it? Right, here we go. Um, and so he's explaining to the Jews in Jerusalem uh, what it what it happened. So most of that we're not really going to talk about in chapter eleven. So we'll, then we'll move into chapter twelve as well. So we'll do both chapters today. All right. So um, and we'll see Paul resurfacing uh, with Barnabas. Uh, you got that? <laughs> oh, whoops. All right. That was a premature. Slidulation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and we'll consider. No, I won't. I will verse by verse, just oh, like okay. we did last time. So yeah, yeah. we'll read through it. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll consider the end of chapter eleven after he um, recounts that, uh, as we move into chapter 11, uh, twelve. What Every, version do you use? New King James. Yeah, that's not what it said. All right, everybody ready? Yep. Now the apostles and brethren who were in, who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. Uh, and when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him, saying, "You went into the uncircumcised men and ate with them." But Peter explained it to them in, in order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheet, let down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. When I observed it intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God has cleansed you must not call common. Now this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having, uh, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. Remember, that's how we realized he had six people, six men going with him. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house who, who said to him, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose sure name is Peter, who will tell you uh, words by which you and your uh, household will be saved. And as it began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, as upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they, came, they became silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, uh, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching um, the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. At the hand, at, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. The news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all with, uh, with, that with uh, purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. 
Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Remember, we talked about that. And in these days, uh, uh, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them, named Agabus, stood up and showed by the, by the Spirit that there uh, was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in, Jerusalem, in Judea. This they also did, <clears throat> and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. All right, we'll read uh, chapter 11, uh, or chapter 12 after we finish with chapter 11. So the, you know, the first three verses, now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him saying, you went to the uncircumcised men and ate with them. So just as in Acts 8, remember uh, when those in Jerusalem heard of the conversions uh, happening in Samaria, they sent out uh, uh, Peter and John. So too, uh, um, uh, Peter is sent uh, to uh was sent to Caesarea, and now he's uh, explaining to those of the circumcision, who, which we've discussed, these were proselytes who underwent all of the rights to become Jews. Um, and their complaint is that these people were uncircumcised. You went into uncircumcised men and ate with them. It's not really just the Gentiles, as we discussed, but... Because again, we discussed briefly that even the Christians now, even the believers who, who are Jews, recognize that the circumcision was given to Abraham. And Abraham was the father of many nations. And so they thought it should apply to Christians as well. And we're going to see how that debate continues and how that settled in chapter 15 at the Council of Jerusalem, which we've discussed briefly. Um, and we must also realize that these men stayed, and these men also stayed in Jerusalem. Remember, the persecution is fierce in Jerusalem. And, and most of the disciples, except for the apostles, were scattered. Remember, that's how Philip ended up in Samaria. Uh, and so most of the people were scattered. So the people, the disciples that remained in Jerusalem were very faithful, and, and, and they're going through the same persecution. They're very bold. So, you know, these men are confused. But we have to, we, again, we have to have some mercy. We have to have some understanding. We're, you know, we don't know everything either. You know? uh, and again, we'll see how this gets settled, at least with this, these men and, uh, as well. Um, okay. Verse 4 through 6, But Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision and an object descending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. When I observed it uh, intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. So he's just recounting, I mean, uh, this is just recounting basically what had happened. Uh, but he's explaining it. Remember, that was revealed to him as he went to Caesarea. And then after he met with uh, um, uh, Copernicus. Uh, no. Was it, was it Copernicus? No. I can't remember his name now. I don't think it was. Was that no, that was Claudius Caesar, uh, centurion. Anyway, uh, but he didn't know it. Remember, as he as he went until after uh, he had spoken, and they all received the spirit. All right, 
verses 7 through 11. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What well, God has cleansed, you must not call common. Now this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. At that, at that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. The only thing I wanted to say about this, remember we were we considered what uh, the the why the vision had happened three times, and and I said one of them could be you know signifying the three men, and it seems like he's he's possibly connecting the two. Uh, again, it's not conclusive, but here's where the idea might be, uh, where you know those three visions represented three men. So it's Cornelius. By the way. Cornelius, thank you. Um, Okay, 12 through 14. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the man's house, and he told us how we had seen an angel. He had seen an angel, standing in, in his house, and said to him, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose sure name is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. So, first of all, this is the first time we see that the angel appeared to him in his house. I mean, you know, for whatever that's worth. Um, and this, this also was not mentioned at all in the vision or in Peter's uh, uh, explanation and gospel that that Peter will tell you the words by which you and all your household will be saved remember he had, the vision had said in in the previous chapter basically all the com that God commands him to speak remember so this is the first time we actually see specifically uh, that's uh, that was uh, the intention uh, verses 15, in this cool picture, I love this picture, uh, 15 through 18. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, as upon us at the beginning. Remember, we had talked about Pentecost, and that same thing happened. Uh, then I remembered the word of the Lord, uh, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they became silent. And they glorified, they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. So they are settled. The apostle has settled the deal. You know, and that's all it takes. Um, okay. And so now that's, that's basically all that, that part entails about his repeating um, the account. Verses 19 through 21. Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen. It's the first time we see that, uh, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Phoenicia uh, Cyprus, and Antioch, people pronounce that completely differently, uh, preaching the word uh, to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. So these people, and we'll see in the next verse, well, this is, the, this is the, the text, though, going to a new account. Remember, Luke, is, Luke does that from time to time. This is just a completely different account than the one we were just looking at. Um, and here's where we first see that the per persecution arose over Stephen. That's interesting. They killed Stephen, and then the persecution happens over them killing Stephen. They just continue to crave blood. They continue. The, they increase the persecution. They increase the hostility. Remember, Saul was sent out to drag men and women and were, was dragging men and women out and bringing them to Jerusalem, most of them for execution. And remember, he had consented to uh, some of those, including Stephen. Um, and as a scattering uh, caused Philip to go to Samaria, others are uh, sent out. So uh, where are we? Phoenicia is, oh, this is a new, 
This is a different map than the one I remember. Uh, Phoenicia, I don't know if it's actually even on here. But it's, it's generally... Antioch. Yeah, Antioch and Tarsus. Um, Phoenicia. Well, here's Crete. Um, but he doesn't even talk. But here's Cyprus. And yeah, there's Antioch. Here's the, here's the Antioch we're talking about here, though. Oh, there's two? Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> it, well there, yeah, there are also two Caesareas, too. Caesarea Philippi and Caesarea uh, Maritima. Um, but anyway, these men are already scattered, okay? And we're going to see in the next account uh, how that manifests, why that's a point. Um, um, God's providence, yeah. Again, God's providence, he spread his church to spread even more. Okay, and uh, and he doesn't wait for Peter or any other man. He's sending these out. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Again, I haven't seen this in a while, so this is kind of rusty. I'm sorry. Um, and we'll see uh, Paul was persecuted in Antioch. Antioch becomes uh, like a new headquarters for the church, uh, where Jerusalem is the first one. Even in the early church history, which I would love to get into at some point, but Ignatius is, is a later martyr who was taught directly by Peter, and he's martyred, but he's from Antioch. Antioch is a big deal in Acts, but even in the early church history. So Antioch's a big deal. Uh, and further, Luke mentions that a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Now, why the distinction? Seems pretty synonymous, right? Well, again, remember a lot of people, remember Simon Magus, who had professed, to believe but he didn't actually believe he didn't actually turn to the Lord he said it but so turning to the Lord is the second half of that kind of a thing and just acquiescing uh, you know to the information is only part of the deal turning to the Lord is salvation uh, and I must admit uh, I think early on anyway I think I just had that I think I had like this just intellectual faith uh, and but God was saving me in and through that as well and through certain trials and tribulations, um, he, he was going to have me anyway. Um, yeah, I came, yeah, I don't want to get into all that. Um, yeah, yeah, praise God, he makes all things new. Additionally, these men are preaching Jesus as Lord and not as Christ, because again, Christ was expected, the Messiah was expected by the Jew. These people aren't Jewish. Mm -hmm. So he's pre pre now they're presenting him as Lord because everybody knows what Lord is. Remember, uh, that's uh, the, the Latin word curios, uh, and that means Lord. And, and they would refer to Caesar as Lord and other masters. And again, the Christians were fine with that in the earthly respect, calling other men masters. But once it, remember that the cultic practice of the uh, emperor worship, they couldn't do that. They were commanded you know, to do something that God forbids. Um, yeah, when God sends a spirit upon the church, she grows. However, the greatest recorded worship service in the Bible is actually that one that happened in the wilderness just after the Exodus, and they're praising this golden calf. Millions and millions of, of Hebrews were saved from uh, out of Egypt. The, the, whole, the, the people that were just numerous, you've never seen a congregation like that. And they're all worshiping an idol. So, sadly, the greatest worship, worship uh, service in the Bible is actually that one. Um, I don't know. Huh. Was this kingdom in there for that long? Can we just be right back and then we'll 
Yeah. What's that? Well, oh, yeah, I know. didn't even leave yeah. for that long. Yeah, no, no, yep. And yeah, I've talked to them about how how they were always complaining. How, you know, so I'd really love to review that uh, at some later date too. Um, yeah, again, there's much to be said about Antioch, but we're going to leave that for now. Okay, uh, 22 through 24. That's kind of hard to see. Uh, the news of these things came to the ears of the church. This is a historical depiction of what Antioch looked at that time. Uh, here's the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had uh, seen the grace of God, he was glad, and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. You would think, since I had an extra week, I would make sure you could actually see that. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway. The red one. So, yeah, just as in Samaria, the church in Jerusalem here sends the son of encouragement. Remember, Barnabas means the son of uh, encouragement. Remember his uh, previous name was Hoses or Joseph, whatever you want to call it. But it, now Barnabas, he's a son of uh, encouragement. And he's sent to encourage uh, these, these, well, he's, he's sent to check it out, right? Just like, just like uh, Peter and John were sent to investigate. Peter was sent to Caesarea, you know, Caesarea for Cornelius, but he was sent to Joppa for that same purpose. Remember, Philip had been sent all along the coastlands. Um, uh, and we must recognize the great character of this man Barnabas. We're going to return to him. And sadly, I, I don't think he gets enough appreciation. I mean, he, he's sadly not mentioned not much in pulpits, and we're not going to do that. We're not going to do likewise. Uh, Barnabas was a rare sort of man. Uh, very rare. In fact, as I've mentioned, you know, when, the, when the, there's, there's a dispute between he and Paul, when John Mark had deserted them before and he wants to rejoin the missionary uh the mission the missions and paul is like no he says no and barnabas and he have a big back and forth and i'm sure barnabas is like hey you are persecuting the church man <laughs> and you know here you are and barnabas is very faithful he's he's always bringing people to the apostles he's always and we'll see he he reacts uh Gladly, he, you know, he had seen the grace of God. He was glad and encouraged them all with purpose of heart, with purpose of heart. So not just vainly, but with a purpose. That belief, that faith, has to be intentional. It has to grow. It has to be strengthened. It has to be built upon. So don't just relax now, but with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. But he was, but he was, uh, and Luke even says, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. Luke doesn't do that a lot. Luke does not do that a lot. He does it for him. Now, that suggests, though, that Barnabas, by the time Luke is writing this, has passed. We don't know how. There are, there are some traditions mentioning his martyrdom, but they're, they're speculative, so we're not going to consider that. But he had obviously died by the time he's writing this, and he specifically says he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and we're going to see how that manifests throughout Acts. I just want to emphasize Barnabas isn't a name you hear a lot about, and he should be. <laughs> That's basically my point. Um, and he encouraged, where is it? He encouraged them that with all purpose, again, remember, he's the son of encouragement, and he's, that's what he's doing. That's what he's always doing. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, however he died, he certainly lived, and now he lives forever. Um, this is Tarsus, so he we went to Tarsus to get Saul. Uh, 25 and 26, then Barnabas departed uh, for, uh, for Tarsus to seek Saul, and when he had uh, found him, 
he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and, and taught a great many people. And the disciples are first called Christians in Antioch. Remember, the, the apostles had actually sent uh, uh, Barnabas as far as Antioch. That's what the text had said, as far as Antioch. Tarsus was farther. So Barnabas got to Antioch. That's where he was, you know, uh, told to go. And, you know, whether he's... Dis, di, you know, disobeying out of malice or out of encouragement to Saul, who becomes Paul, I think out of the character of this man, I think we can rationally come to the conclusion that it was for the latter. He realizes, he knows, he, he heard uh, Paul's testimony and that he's called to, to the Gentiles and now he's going out to him and like, look, it's time to start now, okay? It's time to start, come with me, or going to Antioch. Uh, again, the text never said he was supposed to go to Tarsus. Uh, in fact, again, he told him to go as far as uh, Antioch. Um, again, the disciples are first called Christians in Antioch, and we'll see uh, in the next chapter why this was not a compliment. Okay, uh, 27 and 28. And in these days prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them named Ag Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Is it hot in here to y'all? I'm sorry, this is coming off. Uh, so I think Luke writes this account for multiple reasons. Uh, one, that prophecy continued uh, in the New Covenant, just as the Old. Uh, these, weren't, these aren't psychics, but they aren't the same as the prophets uh, from the Old Testament either. Remember, the, the, apostle, the foundation of the church is laid upon the apostles, the law, and the prophets. So these prophets, again, they're not psychics, but they don't, they don't hold the same uh, authority either, right? So they're still under the apostles, okay? Just because they're given the gift to prophecy, prophesy, which is, again, another reason Luke is writing this, that that did continue. Um, and, anyway. um, and also, I think this leads to the next chapter, as we'll see. Uh, James, uh, John's brother, is martyred. Um, and it might have been Herod Agrippa was trying to uh, satiate their, their uh, politi political. We'll see that in the next uh, chapter anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Claudius ruled from 51 to 54 AD. The Nile had flooded in the year 45, uh, severely uh, devoured Egypt's uh, uh, grain harvest. And Rome was very dependent on the grain coming from Egypt. Um, and a severe famine struck Judea from 46 to 48 AD. So that's probably what it's, it's talking about. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. This jumping back and forth. Okay. <laughs> 2930. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Paul. This is a great testimony of the charity of God's people. Okay, these people in Antioch are going to go through the same famine as well. But they, they have a very great commercial center. And so they probably know that they're going to, they're going to fare better anyway than their uh, Judean counterparts. And so they're, they're faithful to, again, in their appreciation for Christ and his salvation, they're faithful to supply 
their brothers and sisters in need as well. Remember how we had talked about that with Ananias and Sapphira and how God had commanded, you know, never be hesitant or be grieved to give to a brother. He's your brother. Remember that? Okay. Um, and this is the encouragement of the true church. See, we're just going to see encouragement again. A lot and a lot and a lot. Again, which uh, means uh, Barnabas. Well, son of encouragement anyway. Again, though, I think this leads to what follows. Okay, this famine is, is setting up the scene for for what's to come. And we're just going to, uh, let's just wait and we'll, we'll look at that um, uh, as we go into chapter 12. This is the first time we see elders uh, in the book of Acts, in the church uh, specifically. Um, we'll see that as Barnabas and Saul plants, well, Paul uh, plants churches, they, they, anoint, they appoint elders and deacons, and these are basically the leaders of the church, most of whom will preach as well, but some of them didn't. They would, they would just be uh, leaders of the government, so to speak, uh, of the church. Okay. So, meanwhile, back in Jerusalem. All right. Okay. Everybody... Oh. Everybody ready? Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James the brother of John with a sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping uh, the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him, and did not know that, was, that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the, the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them uh, of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter came, had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent, has sent his angel and, and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door uh, of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go tell these things to James and to, and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. Then as, soon, then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea and Caesarea, to Caesarea and stayed there. Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord, and having made uh, Blastus the king's personal aid, their friend, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the uh, king's country. There, okay. 
so on a set day, uh, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his uh, Herod arrayed in uh, royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. And the people kept shouting, "The voice of a god and not a man." Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God, and he was eaten by worms and died. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry, and they also took with them John, whose surname was it was Mark. So real quickly, I just want to set this up. If you jump back up to um, verse 20, where it says, Now Herod had been very angry, blah, 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 and having made blah, 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 blah. Uh, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. Agrippa is sending supplies and food. Really is a political move. He doesn't even like these people. He's mad at them, but he, but, and they're trying to appease him because he's still sending uh, goods. And I just wanted to point that out as we go into this so verses one and two now about that time herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church then he killed james the brother of john with a sword tradition says that he was beheaded okay and also tradition actually says that uh the the soldier who was uh, meant to guard him was so impressed with his faith and with 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 his defense and with his preaching of christ that he came to faith and shared in his execution. So that soldier was, he came to belief, and about 10 minutes later, he was killed for his faith. God is faithful. Uh, okay. Um, this is a different Herod than Herod the Great, or even Herod Antipas, who, who we see throughout most of the Gospels. Herod the Great is the one who, uh, when Christ was born, you know, ordered that uh, uh, all the male babies to and under in uh, Bethlehem would be killed. That's Herod the Great. And then he died, and Herod Antipas uh, ruled, and that's who that's who beheaded uh, uh, John the Baptist. These guys love beheading people, <laughs> but uh, and and we'll get into yeah, yes, very much, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Herod the Great actually killed much of his family as well. He was a terrible, terrible man. He did a lot of great architectural things, and he built the city, he built the new temple at that time. Uh, I mean, and he rebuilt a bunch of other cities, but he himself was a t tyrant and terrible. Um, okay, yeah, again, that's Herod Antipas. Um, yeah, uh, oh, that's fine. Um, well, yeah, I do have to tell you. Okay, long story short about uh, Herod Antipas, uh, when he had beheaded John. Uh, John was killed because he had uh, been a, had spoken against Antipas for marrying um, Philip's, yeah, Herod Philip's wife, Herodias. He married his half-brother, Herod Philip's wife, Herodias. Uh, he had previously married the daughter of uh, Aretas, another king, uh, the king of uh, Arabia, Petria. Uh, John was not alone in his angst. Aretas actually invaded his territory at great loss. Uh, and eventually Herodias persuaded Antipas to go to Caesar to request um, to seek out the title of king. At that time, he's just a tetrarch, and he wants to be king. Uh, so he's given a certain area, basically. And, and even, well, I won't get into that. Uh, at the court of the Caesar at that time, who, who was uh, Gaius, the, no, that's not right. Uh, anyway, the emissaries of Herod Agrippa opposed him. Uh, and uh, so that's this Herod, Herod Agrippa. Uh, and he was banished until his death. Uh, uh, Antipas was banished until his death. Herod Agrippa was Herod the Great's grandson uh, and Antipas's nephew. Uh, and after Antipas's father was killed, Agrippa's family sent him off to Rome. Agrippa, 
uh, off to Rome for safety. Okay, he later gets in trouble uh, and he's arrested, but we'll get to, get to that later. And when Gaius, he became friends with uh, Gaius, who later becomes Caesar. And when Gaius becomes uh, Caesar, uh, he gives him the Tetrarchy of Philip and and Lysanias. Then Claudius returned to the rest of the nation to the he so the later Caesar returned the the all of the Judea and Samaria and those other areas to the Hasmonean dynasty to so the Herodians uh, and so Agrippa becomes king over all of that land but he's really a puppet king he can only do that which you know the Caesar allows him to do um, yeah and, and now he's seeking to establish his kingdom by satisfying these Jews We'll see that, you know, he realizes the Jews are really happy after he kills John. That's why he goes out to find Peter. This James was among three of Jesus' closest companions. It's basically Peter, James, and John. James and John are brothers. So James is the first apostle martyred, the first apostle killed, the first apostle to die. John, his brother, is the last one to die. Just mm -hmm. interesting. Right? That's so sad. Yeah, it's just interesting. Um, uh, yeah, tradition tells us, yeah, I already told you about the guard. Um, and yeah, much can be said of uh, this James as well. He was called James the Great, and uh, but we'll leave that for another time, God willing. Okay, uh, verses 3 and 4. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. There it is. Uh, now it was uh, during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. So again, he saw that it pleased the Jews. That's why he's going after Peter. And again, this is why I think Agrippa is doing all of this for political reasons. He's trying to establish his kingdom. And this is one of their most sacred feasts. The Days of Unleavened Bread would follow the Passover. When the Passover happened in Egypt, after the Passover, that's when... Pharaoh finally relents, says, send them out. They actually plundered Egypt. Uh, all of the Egyptians are willfully, happily given all this stuff. Like, here, here's a bunch of gold. Get out of here. You know, we're kind of tired of all these plagues and everything. And, and so they actually ended up plundering Egypt that way. After the Passover, God provides them with man. But they have to make, uh, for the trip, they have to make bread. But it has to be unleavened, which... which signifies their haste they they had to leave quickly and so there's not enough time to leaven your bread no don't leaven your bread there's unleavened bread but and so this feast though was seven days following the passover okay and so he's waiting for that to finish after passover because those seven days are basically part of passover as well um and so he's waiting for that and that's why he's imprisoning him and not killing him yet uh, because, yeah the jews would actually have a problem if he were to have been killed during that feast. Yeah, that was a time. Right. Um, yeah, again, I think Herod is pandering to his brother. Herod, uh, Agrippa actually is, he follows the Jewish law more than any of those Herods had. He, he does follow the, the law and, you know, to the extent, to his extent anyway. Uh, but the Jews didn't like this occupation. Either way, you know, it's still an occupation, whether or not, you know, you call yourself one of, one of us or not. Uh, we still don't like this. But if you're going to start killing a bunch of the apostles, all right, we can be fans of that. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we, uh, tradition actually tells us that Peter was hung, uh, was crucified upside down. He wouldn't be crucified as his Lord would. So he was crucified upside down. Now, 
I, one would assume that when Peter's arrested during the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, remember, Christ was crucified the, the day before Passover, basically, Good Friday. Uh, and, and so he knows, he's like, okay, they just killed James. Uh, here's my time. Here's my time. All right. After, after, after this, when it's, when it's convenient, he's bringing me back and he's going to kill me. And that what you would assume, you know, causes some anxiety, causes some uh, fear. We're going to see. He's fine. <laughs> uh, uh, Agrippa put four squads of soldiers to keep him. Um, he had heard probably of all those previous escapes we, as we've looked at. Uh, and so he's not going to let that happen this time. Uh, and this is to em emphasize uh, the deliverance. And we'll look at that uh, here shortly as well. Okay. Uh, uh, verse 5, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to uh, God for him by the church. This might seem a strange statement as if uh, like the predicate, you know, had nothing to do with the, the subject. However, now... The constant prayer does not deliver Peter out of prison. So the power doesn't exist in the prayer. The power exists in the God to whom they're praying. But God's faithfulness, that's why I keep on telling you, God's faithfulness pours down into his people and they are faithful. Okay. Now it's, again, it's not the power of the prayer that saves Peter, but it's the power of God in the prayer that saves Peter. Um, yeah, you might wonder if God waits to hear such prayers to be notified. I mean, that's nonsense. <laughs> and, and that's counter to anything biblical, and including Luke. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Verse 6 and 7. When Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, uh, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off. So Peter's sleeping. Peter's cool. He's chilling. You know, if you all thought you were going to die, you know, soon, I'm sure it'd be a little tough to, <laughs> tough to sleep, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, so Peter was bound between, you know, two chains <laughs> between two soldiers. Okay, so if, if he tried to wrestle away, tried to get those chains off, he'd tug one of them. Let's even suppose that they were sleeping as well, and they'd, they'd wake up by it, you know. Uh, so, yeah, and it's amazing that, that he's sleeping anyway. Uh, so that a light shone in the prison, I think, is Luke telling us something of the same light as we've considered. Uh, that the angel struck Peter on the side uh, is, is, is something worth considering. Uh, this could mean a gentle strike, but it's never used that way in the, Old, the, the New Testament. It's often actually the, the word smite. So this isn't, you know, hey, Peter, Peter, he's not coming up and shaking him. He struck him, you know. Yeah, the angel struck, the angel struck Peter's side. Uh, may signify a few things, but let me just... Uh, so God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and took one of his ribs to make Eve. That was a side. Uh, the rib is another word for side in the Hebrew as well as the Greek. Uh, as the rib is on man's side. Christ was pierced in the side to be sure he had died. Uh, therefore, there is significance to this strike. I mean, there are other occasions too, but, you know, it could be for that reason. Again, Luke mentions these things for a reason. You know, he doesn't just fr frivolously add things in because he just thinks, you know, it's some inconsequential details. Uh, so Peter's chains fell off um, uh, after the angel told him to arise quickly. Uh, 
God's commands. Because, again, angels are just messengers. This is God breaking the chains as well. All right. 8 and 9. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him, but did, but didn't, and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Isn't that funny? Because we go back to the vision, and he, you know, he takes time to even understand the vision. And now here, he's actually going through the vision, and he doesn't even know it's, it's not a vision until after it occurs. So it's, it's just the same. It's kind of the same. Poor Peter. <laughs> you know, he doesn't know what to think. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. One's Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do, do. Yeah, I love how God reveals himself in various ways. So here the angel tells him to gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he told him to put on your garment and follow me. And so in those days, men wore basically long robes, as you've seen. And so when you would, when they were going to battle or during some games or whatever to race, you would hike them up. And you would tie it, you would gird up your loins, kind of a thing. And that's what the angel is commanding him. You know, it's not like, you know, get up, get dressed, you know, and just walk with me out of here. No, no, get ready. We're going. Gird yourself. Let's go. And it's just important to recognize that. There's more emphasis than what might just be suggested uh, on the surface. Right. Okay, 10 11. Uh, when they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord, and they went out and went down the street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for, uh, for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. I think it's fitting that we have these details. Uh, this suggests that, uh, that Peter was actually uh, uh, held in the fortress of Antonia, uh, and no, I thought I had a picture of it, but I don't. Uh, uh, however, we see more, and, and we see just this, you know, cute little thing, but we see the angel, you know, God could have just delivered Peter straight from the prison to Mary's house. He didn't do that. We see more than 10 deliverances, more than 10. He delivers him just as in creation. We see the cause of creation in seven days, including rest, but so technically six days, but it all happens and it's all caused by these these different salvific but created creation narratives uh, that are stacked, and so that's what's happening to Peter. Um, and again, when he had come to himself, uh, he realized it wasn't Herod alone uh, uh, um, from whom he was delivered, but the expectation of the Jewish people. That was, there was much hostility. Again, these people are very happy that these apostles are being killed. Okay, so he realizes that uh, his deliverance is from them as well. Uh, just as in his vision in Joppa, it takes the full fulfillment to understand. Okay, 12 and 13. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. So let's remember the severe persecution upon the church. These people are staying behind. And now it came to pass, remember, a bunch of believers are added to the church. And even though many of them are scattered, there's still a faithful uh, amount in Jerusalem. So what, ha what ended up having to happen is they would have to meet in different people's houses. So these people are usually fairly wealthy people. They, have more, they need more room to accommodate you know, a, a large number of people. So this Mary is a very faithful, faithful 
believer. And, and that's what, we, again, we just have to recognize uh, within the context of the narrative what is actually taking place. It's really easy to read through this and not realize, and not uh, to appreciate that because she's risking everything. If she's found to be with apostles or other brothers with this persecution, she dies, she loses her house, her son is killed, you know. I mean, she's risking everything. Not just herself, but her son, you know, John, Mark. So we just have to understand. And we'll see. John Mark, as we have spoken, uh, joins uh, Paul and Barnabas. Again, that just testifies to the faithfulness of these people, or the faith of these people. Uh, yeah, and I already talked about that. Um, and once Peter has understood his deliverance, he goes straight to the house where he knew all the disciples would go. That's why he's going to Mary's house. Uh, and they were still praying for Peter's deliverance when he knocked at the door. We'll see Rhoda's uh, response. This Rhoda, um, oh, yeah, Rhoda. This word girl actually, um, oh, I didn't put the Greek, but it's actually suggested that it, she's uh, the servant girl, basically. But we'll also see that she was also a believer because she gets all excited when it's Peter. Uh, okay, and we see John Mark introduced first here. 14 and 15, when she recognized Peter's voice because of their gladness, she did not open the gate because of her gladness. I can't hardly see it. Okay. She did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting uh, that it was so. So they said, it is his angel. These so again, these disciples are praying for Peter when he, he had arrived. Now, look, they, they are faithfully praying and they believe in their God. But John had just been, I mean, James had just been killed. And they know that he's, that Peter was arrested for political reasons, and just as soon as the you know the days of unleavened bread are over, he's going to be killed. So they, they just don't expect, especially this quickly, for Peter to be there. Okay, so they believe in God, but you know they're apprehensive at first to believe that this this is manifested so quickly. You <laughs> know, uh, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Again, they likely assume that that apostle had been martyred, so definitely Peter's going to as well. Um, yeah, but God chooses whom he's going to leave and whom he's going to bring home. And that's why Peter spit. Uh, yeah, and then they said it's his angel. They might have actually thought that Peter was already killed. And we'll talk about you know, the early church's belief and possibly, you know, what this might even look like. It looked like some other time, God willing. But, uh, so they probably even assume that he's already been killed and, so they're giving it to Rhoda. Maybe, maybe you saw him, but you know, it wasn't actually him. But Rhoda was insistent. 16 and 17. That's the best picture I can find. Uh, now Peter continued knocking. <laughs> and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But I mean, they had a bunch of generic, just not like that. Yeah. Figured this fit works. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. It is funny, actually. Can you imagine Peter standing at the door and consi consistently knocking? He had just been in prison, and you know he's delivered from an angel, and now he's stuck outside of the door of all these believers. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Uh, uh, now, yeah, he can't gain access. Okay. Uh, Can I say something? Of course. That picture was um, above the piano at our house, and it depicted Jesus. Yeah, this is Jesus. I, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Because that's was at our house. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know yeah, that. That very picture. That's cool. Yeah. No, Christ talks about you know him knocking. Yeah. Um, uh, that's sweet. Yeah. 
uh, yeah, as soon as they finally enter the door, though, uh, he has to keep them quiet. You know, they're all excited and stuff, but, you know, we can't be heard, okay? I'm just going to, I need to come and tell you some stuff, and I'm out of here, okay? But we need to be quiet, chill out, <laughs> you know, because, uh, yeah, didn't want to arouse any attention. So he proceeded to tell them the Lord of the Lord bringing him out of the prison. Uh, so again, though, uh, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Again, we saw that it was an angel, but God, but Peter knows <laughs> it's the Lord. Uh, and the angels are creatures as well. And yeah. Um, and after P Peter's finished, he told them to report it to James. This is James Christ's half-brother, okay? And, and to the rest of the brethren. Uh, so he didn't go to them himself. Uh, um, uh, and he didn't tell them to go to John either. He didn't tell them to go tell these things to the, any of the other apostles. Remember, we've talked about how James is actually a great leader in the Jerusalem church. We'll see him presiding over the council of Jerusalem. And so he's not telling him, hey, go tell John, go tell, you know, any of no, go tell James and to the brethren. So go tell James and, and, and the rest. Again, this just sig signifies his place in the church at that time. Uh, we might discuss the ecclesiastical nature of the early church another time, and that's what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, I already mentioned that. All right, 18 and 19. Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. Just so you know, this is from a movie, and this is actually Herod the Great, but I didn't see it. I couldn't, you know. Anyway, there's it's none a with Agrippa. It's a Herod. <laughs> uh, but when Herod... Uh, had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded them, uh, commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea and, uh, to Caesarea and stayed there. So set the scene here. These soldiers are wondering what happened. Because again, Peter, Peter said, okay, so cool. The, the chains are falling off, right? That's interesting. I don't know how he managed to do that with the guards right here. But okay, that's only half of the deal. How did he get out? Where's where's the escape? You know, where's where's the tunnel that he dug with his fork? You know, where where's this? Where's that? Where's the broken door? Where's any sign signifying any kind of escape? So we have to really, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, there was no small stir among the soldiers. Yeah, I mean, they're confused and they know. They know what this means for them. A prisoner escaped in Rome. Basically, you, you suffer the same fate as the prisoner would have when they escaped. In this case, you know, Peter was going to be put to death. And so they're all put to death. Um, yeah. All right. All right, he said that. Um, so Agrippa then went to Caesarea. Uh, where in God's providence is the Christian centurion. I just think that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay, verse 20. Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but, but they came to him with one accord, and having made Blastus the king's personal aid, they, their friend, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. We'd already, mentioned, we'd already briefly mentioned this. As we come to the, clim the climax of this uh, account, we must, we've got to consider a few things. Remember, Agrippa tried to strictly adhere to the Jewish law, which is what uh, I had mentioned briefly. Uh, his empire grew as he overthrew other hypocrites, like Antipas. You know, he was right. Antipas was a hypocrite, and so he deposed him. And now he thinks God is just showing him all this favor because he's just so pious and just so Jewish. You know? <laughs> uh, um, and, and now he's trying to gratify his Jewish brothers with this persecution. Um, 
he might have seemed like a faithful leader to these Jews, uh, but just as some find presidents. And I don't think we've had a faithful leader for some time now, but that's not my place here. <laughs> uh, however, as great as uh, uh, Agrippa might have seemed, he did not have love for God, as we'll see. Uh, the pri- yeah, the, he had become corrupted by his arrogance and takes his fury on those who didn't submit to his tyranny. You know, those apostles, these brothers um, are, aren't submitting to him, so he's going after them. Uh, Tyre and Sidon were uh, wealthy cities for the most part throughout the history, um, and they're, they're spoken of a lot throughout the Old Testament, beginning really with uh, Solomon. In fact, uh, the, the, uh, the granite and the marble that he used for the temple came from Tyre, uh, a man, uh, the king from Tyre. Um, again, but they wouldn't have been used to paying tributes, okay? Uh, but th- with this famine, they've got a newfound poverty that must be, uh, uh, must be lifted. And Herod obliges, but not for nothing. He wasn't charitable. He's, he's sending out uh, resources and supplies and grain and food, but he expects, you know, fidelity back. This isn't a charity. And quite frankly, let me go back to, you, we'll see, you, we see that even in our own day, where, where wealthy uh, countries are sending to poorer countries, and the poor never receive the goods. And they expect a return from that. Like, well, we won't get into that. <laughs> but but that, that's something we even see in our own day. Um, uh, yeah, it, which one? Yeah. Yeah, again, Herod demanded veneration for his charity, which makes it an exchange and not a gift. Remember, we've talked about that. A gift versus an exchange. Yeah, and I already talked about this relationship gone back as far as Solomon. Um, we don't know how or why he was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, uh, but it's there. Uh, we don't know how that happened, though. All right, 21 and 22. So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them, and the people kept shouting, the voice of God and not a man. So Herod goes full pomp and makes himself a spectacle. He got dressed in his royal regalia and sat on his royal throne. We're going to actually look at this uh, even more. So let me just get through here real quickly. He then proceeded to, ma- to speak to the masses, and uh, they know how to please their tyrant. You know, they're saying, the voice of a man, or voice of uh, God and not a man. Um, by gross and spineless uh, worship. The disciples did no such thing. Remember, when Peter was worshipped, he quickly, you know, and kindly rebuked. But no, worship is only for God. Um, Yeah, okay. So, this is a picture of the amphitheater uh, of Antioch. This is the remains. They still have uh, concerts and stuff there, which is kind of cool. But this is kind of the remains of uh, of what that was, just looking over the sea. It's really beautiful. Uh, so we're going to look at, well, just so you know, Josephus, we've mentioned him before. He's a great companion to the Bible, particularly in the New Testament. He was, uh, early, uh, first century Jew at that time. And he reads, he writes about a bunch of the accounts of the Jews, but he also, he, much of what's in the New Testament is paralleled in his, uh, telling. And he actually many times gives more information. So Luke is very brief in his account where he gives us more information. So I actually have it marked off if you actually want to read the specific account, but I'm going to give you kind of a brief synopsis of it. But it's right here. It's in, it's right there. Um, but um, 
So in the antiquities, uh, this uh, the royal regalia. Let me go back here. The royal regalia. So there were festivals that were, that were happening at that time to honor Caesar. Okay, so on the first day, you know, he gets in there and he's just and he and he goes to the amphitheater for these shows and he's putting on all these shows, these great shows. The next morning, he dr he dresses in this pure, pure silver garment and it's textured in such a way as when he goes out in the morning light, it shines. It's got this refulgent reflection and so these these people are just in awe. Of it, just that spectacle, and then as he's speaking, uh, let me go back over here. Uh, doo -doo -doo -doo. Just skipped over, but and just so you know, this likely occurred what uh, about Augustus? I mean, sorry, August first. A lot of Augustuses, and now we have to go to August. Uh, August first, uh, forty-five A.D. Um, let's see, reflection, yeah. So Josephus records uh, the people as saying, um, so remember the people in Luke's account says the voice of God and not of, and not of man. Uh, Josephus says that uh, they were saying, be thou merciful to us for although we have hitherto reverenced thee only as a man, yet shall we henceforth own thee uh, as superior to mortal, mortal nature. So basically it's saying the same thing. And Agrippa neither rebuked them or rejected their praise. Uh, Josephus specifically mentions that. Uh, and again, which we've seen Peter done several times. Uh, but as Agrippa looked up, he saw an owl. Okay, now, and he was sitting on a rope and it's hit, over his head. Earlier in his uh, life, remember, he had gotten in trouble by Caesar Tiberius. I didn't mention the Caesar, but that's Tiberius. And, and he was imprisoned. When he was in prison, he, he saw an angel. He saw, and then and there's this uh, a fellow prisoner who's, you know, uh, he's full of the knowledge of like the, the ancient magic of that time. And he tells him, this is an omen. This is a great omen. You're, you're going to be freed from prison. And that's great, right? And then another prisoner tells him, that's cool. But if you end up seeing another owl, kind of like this, that means in five days you're going to die. Okay, so it's, it's, okay, and we'll, but they said that this is a messenger. So uh, the first one said, the first prisoner says, this owl is a messenger to tell you that you are going to be delivered. And then the next one is saying that owl is going to be a messenger to tell you that you are going to die. So this is the angel. I just want us to recognize that Luke says that an angel, okay, struck him. And in, in, in real time facts, the owl was the angel. Okay. That's important. That's important, right? We just read through the owl is a messenger. The angels are messengers. Mm -hmm. So how that was manifest was that he saw this owl, he got scared, and all of a sudden, he became sick in a, his stomach, in his belly. And it was a violent pain. It was a violent pain that he had to be carried off. And then, even the, during those five days, he know. oh, what did he say? Let me tell you. Um, yeah, so when he started feeling that, he turned to his, his friends who were, you know, now worshiping him. Uh, I, whom you call a God, and com am commanded presently to depart this life, while providence thus reproves the lying words you just now said to me, and I, who was uh, by you called immortal, am, am immediately to be hurried away by death. It's just kind of funny. Uh, but I am bound to accept whatever providence allots as it pleases God. <laughs> we, for we have by no means lived ill, but in a splendid and happy manner. Right? This all sounds... Like, like now he's being contrite. Like now he's turning to the people and said, and saying, you know, uh, 
I who is by you called immortal am immediately to be hurried away by death. You know, uh, I whom you call a god and commanded pres presently to depart this life. So now he's starting to finally rebuke the people. You know, he didn't do that before, not until this the owl arrived, not until he realizes that he's going to die. And then he doesn't say anything about, you know, being contrite to God. He says, uh, you know, uh, I am bound to accept whatever providence allots as it pleases God. For we have by no means lived ill, but in a splendid and happy nature. He just thinks he is completely faithful to his God in his piety, re has reached up to God, and though now his time is to die, that's that's a that's a that's a deliverance. That's how he's seeing it. He's not sorry about this at all. He just still sees himself in this arrogant, well, tyrannical. Well, not tyrannical. He doesn't see himself in a tyrannical way, but he just sees himself as this as the savior of the Jews at that time. You know, the Jews had hadn't had a faithful Jewish leader for centuries, and now he's come in and saved the day. Um, anyway, it, he was when he was carried away. He was placed in a high chamber, and 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 wept when he saw the people. The people would go and they they dressed in sackcloth, which you see in the Old Testament, and made prayers for Herod's uh, uh, deliverance, for his health. And he weeps as he sees these people doing that. And then he died five days later. Um, so yeah, I already mentioned that. Uh, so yeah. It doesn't specifically, he goes into um, some possible explanations. Uh, other people, this has been studied and considered. It wouldn't be tapeworms. I don't remember what they uh, specifically said. It was a different kind of, I mean, it, it was a worms. Worm. But yeah, it was something to that effect. But yeah, not just eating like food, but you know, mm -hmm. your organs He's and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah okay. So, this is still the same one we looked at, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, okay. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God, and he was eaten by worms and died. So, God will not give his glory to another. Okay, this man who finds himself to be a faithful Jew isn't going to give his, and he's receiving all this glory, you know, and all this praise, and he doesn't admonish the people, and he's struck down. Uh, this is not due to God's pride. This is, this is due to necessity. All right? Uh, all other gods are like Herod. All right? Uh, and, and the true living God is like no other. Herod dies of and with his pride. And seeking like every fool and devil to dethrone God and take his place. Okay, verses 24 and 25. But the word of God grew and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry. And they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. I, you know, we've lamented how chapters and verses are divided. I don't understand why this is here. It should be in the beginning of the next chapter, but fine. So Herod died, but the word of God does not. Okay, the word of God never can. And, and Barnabas and Saul returned to Antioch, uh, uh, which we'll consider next week. Uh, they took a companion, as we've mentioned. Uh, in, Col in Colossians 4.10, Paul calls Mark the, cous the cousin of Barnabas. So this very well could be a cousin of Barnabas. Um, and he, obviously, it, we've mentioned it before, too. He's the one who wrote the Gospel of Mark, likely heavily influenced by Peter. Uh, and, yeah, thanks be to God. We're going to read uh, Isaiah 43 for the conclusion, okay? And I have it all up here, and so we'll do that, the poem, and pray. Anybody have questions? Everybody good? All right.
But now thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Since you were precious in my sight, you have been honored, and I have loved you. Therefore I will give men for you, and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east, and gather you from the west. And I will say to the north, Give them up, and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him, yes, I have made him. Bring out the blind people who have eyes, and the deaf who have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together, and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this, and show us former things? Let them bring out their witnesses, that they may be justified. Or let them hear and say, It is truth. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord. And besides me there is no Savior. I have declared and saved, I have proclaimed, and there was no foreign God among you. Therefore you are my witnesses, says the Lord, that I am God. Indeed, before the day was, I am He. And there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I work, and who will, who will reverse it? Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I will send to Babylon and bring them all, uh, them all down as fugitives, the Chaldeans who rejoice in their ships. I am the Lord, your Holy One. The Creator of Israel, your King, thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who brings forth the chariot and, and, uh, and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they are extinguished, they are quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things, but consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Uh, I'm sorry. Now it shall bring forth. Shall you not know it? I will, I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself, and they shall declare my praise. But you have not called upon me, O Jacob, and you have been weary of me, O Israel. You have not brought me the sheep for your burnt offerings, nor have you, brought, nor have you honored me with your sacrifices. I have caused you to serve with grain offerings, uh, nor wearied uh, you with incense. Uh, you have brought me no sweet cane with money, you have, you, nor have you satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices, but you have, burned me with your, you have burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you, should be, uh, that you may be acquitted. Your first father sinned, and your mediators have transgressed against me. Therefore I will profane the princes of the sanctuary. I will give Jacob to the curse, and Israel to reproaches. He who dwells in God is a fortress well defended. God alone is our great squad, and his mighty grace intended. As his mighty grace intended. He delivers us from snares. He delivers, he delivers us from famine. Under his wings we're safe in prayers, where we find God's true mammon. His truth and sword and shield, his truth our sword and shield, and fear our fears under his refuge. To ten thousand we will not yield, for we are saved within the deluge. Mark the global reign of flames we will see with our own eyes, but it is but it is his children God proclaims, not a, and that not a single from them dies. 
should have said but love. Uh, his love was called our own that will that he will will ever seek in Christ we are ever known and knowing him we speak. Let's pray. Bumble through that pretty good. That was good. <laughs> I like that part. Thank you. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your divine providence. Thank you for your majesty. Thank you for your work and your testimony. That we may know you in the fullness of who you are. Magnify your name in us and throughout the world. That you are glorified forever and ever. In the name of your son we ask. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to CFIR Ministries Podcast with Pastor James Myers. We hope you enjoy this message. Please subscribe and follow us. Tune in as we continue in the book of Acts.